This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Well, well, well. That silly little announcer guy was lying because Kyle Borgannoni is not here. It is myself, Jason Moore, Big Shimmy, along with the betting man himself named after betting Matthew Betts. I mean, it's just... How are you today, Matthew? Uh, the name flows right into uh, this show, to the props we're going to give. It's just perfect. I'm doing great. I'm excited for the show. We replaced a Borg with a big shimmy. So I'm excited for this uh, you know, conversation, Jason. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I kind of have a good feeling about the slate. We were talking before we started... And you were like, I hate it. And I was like, man, I love it. So I'm excited to kind of break that down with you today. But how are you doing, Jason? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing very well. We've had a busy time over here at the Fantasy Footballers uh, doing three shows today. Uh, we had all sorts of, uh, you know, breaking news during the last show of Kadarius Tony and all sorts of fun things uh, going on in the fantasy football world. But man, I have, I have just been loving DFS this year. This year, uh, more than ever, it's I I care about DFS as almost as much as my main league of record. Like this is, uh, I certainly spend way more time on it. I am deep in the weeds on DFS on my DFS lineup uh, every single week, uh, which is why you know you might have noticed I haven't been shamed over there at uh, what what is this week week eight. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what, been what's Andy up to these days? It seems like he needs to put some more time <laughs> into his DFS research. Honestly, well, he just based needs off to, his track record, <laughs> he just needs to listen to us this week because we're going to take everybody home. We are going to make sure that uh, we are winning. A couple of announcements before we get into our cash picks. Um, I know I run uh, the company, but uh, 
the DFS pass apparently is cheaper. Yes. This is crazy. It was already. I free. know you. <laughs> I know you and Borg have been complaining that, like, legitimately wanting it to be increased in price because it should be. But we've always said this is DFS for the rest of us. You know, th- we we give the exact same like tools, advice, stuff that's like on these two hundred dollar a month uh, sites. But we we just want to charge one price for the year, give it to you, and then we're like, well, let's let's make it cheaper. Uh, so yeah, you can check that out, DFSPass.com. It's basically free. I mean, you win ca- cash in a lineup, and boom! I did it's the math. It's all free. The rest checked it out. It's thirty three thirty thirty three cents, thirty three dollars thirty three cents. Rest of season, use the code DFSPod. You save ten percent. You go down. That's thirty dollars. Right. Rest of season, one one payment of thirty bucks. We go through the Super Bowl. That means there are 15 weeks, including week eight, of all of our content of this product. It is literally $2 per week for the rest of the season. That's dumb. That's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Why do we do that? I, terrible like, Now I'm model, starting to see what, what you guys have been saying. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't care about the money here, uh, but we do care about the cash. Straight cash, homie. All right, this is my wheelhouse. This is uh, this is where I like to play. I am a cash player. I am not as into the GPPs as you and Borg are, but man, do I love playing cash. I just love saying I'm better than most of y'all. That's all you got to do, and then you double your money. It's great. Yeah, that's what we say all the time on the show. It's like, you know, you show up to these head-to-heads or the 50-50s that you play in the double-ups, and you will see some silly, silly lineups out there. So we show up with the best plays. We let our opponents make the mistake. Uh, Jason, I was telling Kyle this on our Tuesday show. I had someone in a head-to-head this past week show up with Dontrell Hilliard as one of his running backs. <laughs> in a cash game. <laughs> in a cash game. So, wow. you know, don't get cute. Really, this is the time to play the best plays. We'll talk about how you get different later in the show in a tournament. Yeah, well, let's start at the quarterback position where I think there are plenty of good uh, values this week. You could go a number of ways, but personally, um, there's pretty much only two. I'm I, I'm like a two-man band when I'm building my cash lineup. I am either paying up or punting. So who who do you like the most uh, for cash at quarterback? I wish I could come in here and just give a straightforward answer of like, this is who to play because I've built lineups both ways. I built them with the two options you're talking about in Jalen Hurts who is the most expensive quarterback on the slate, and Sam Ellinger, who is the cheapest you can possibly be for a quarterback at 4K against Washington after Matt Ryan was benched. So you have this, how do you want to go, right? That's kind of the question. Do you want to spend up for absolute safety? I mean, Jalen Hurts has been just unreal this season. Gets the matchup against Pittsburgh, giving up the sixth most yards per attempt, third most passing touchdowns, third most passing uh, yards. So Hurts is, is clearly going to, I think, finish top three top four on the slate and scoring so he's the safe play but you can do some really fun things if you go down to sam ellinger at 4k i'm not a big like college grind the tape sort of guy jason but i was going back i was looking at his college situation what he was doing the dude runs over 1900 rushing yards in four years at texas so i don't know Didn't what, he have like 30 30 rushing touchdowns 33 I mean, yeah yeah so, uh, I, he, he, I and in preseason yeah, he's been a guy that has used the scrambling ability. When uh, the coaching staff was asked about, you know, what's the difference going to to Ellinger, they, you know, they said, well, it's very different. You know, it's a, a different style of quarterback. So you're going to see the offense kind of built around him. I do think you're going to get some scrambling. 
And so, yeah, you can have a lot of fun with Ellinger at 4,000. I mean, you, you don't usually have the option to play a rock-bottom basement 4K quarterback. Like, that's just not even a possibility to, to put in a lineup. And now you've got a legitimate starting quarterback that could be okay, not great. That being said, when I have built my lineups, I've built them both ways. I find I am more confident with Hurts. When I look at cash games um, this season, it's pretty much been the quarterback, man. If you get the quarterback right, you're fine because there are a lot of affordable 6K pieces that I really like elsewhere, uh, you know, at the other positions. So Jalen Hurts, pay up 8300 It's expensive, but there's no other great quarter. You know, Burrow's off the slate. Herbert's off the slate. Mahomes is off the slate. Josh Allen's off the slate. So it it's like they priced him up appropriately because he is better than everyone else available. Yep, it makes sense. And that's we're with you. I mean, that's what we've been talking about on the show every week. It's like, okay, we can skip this this conversation. You just plug in Josh Allen and let's move on. Because yeah, he's been a se- a separate, you know, difference maker and can really separate you from the field. And I think sometimes we talk about floor and cash a little too much. It is important, obviously, but like what's Ellinger's best performance like you if he gave you 20 dk points you would be doing jumping jacks right like jill yeah, Hurts can legitimately go for 40 that, that's not in sam ellinger's range of outcomes i don't think so yeah no, i think hurts 20 is, is 20 is as high yeah i think hurts is, is is definitely the way i think we would prefer to go if someone really has a strong take on sam e by all means it's so cheap it can work but i think hurts is, is obviously the safe play yeah, the other names I'll throw out there. Uh, if the game between uh, Tua's Dolphins and Jared Goff's Lions goes as we hope, which I think really depends on the health of Amon Ra St. Brown, he should be back, but that's not a guarantee yet, not out of protocol. If he's back, that game could be a barn burner. You could save some money, kind of go in between if, if you don't want to pay all the way up and you don't want to rely on Sam Ellinger. Tua at 6.2, Goff at 5.5. Those would be my pivot quarterbacks. Yep, that makes all sense. All right, at, at, at running back, you've got um, a lot of priced-up studs, uh, and just like we've seen the last several weeks, there are some guys around the 6K range that just seem to be outperforming, uh, you know, the the dollar per points metric where it's like, uh, how do you just not keep plugging these guys in? So I see you've got two guys in the 6K range as some of your favorite this week. Who are they? Yeah, I love Ken Walker at 6.5 against the Giants, giving up the highest yards per carry in the league. His workload has been unreal. He's also running routes, so he's not necessarily just, you know, an early down grinder type of guy. And there's a legitimate chance, very likely, DK Metcalf is out this week. You could see even more offense just funnel through Ken Walker. He's looked incredible, and he can give you those big splash plays. And then Zeke, very, very unlikely to play this week. Tony Pollard, we have a decent track record of him. When he gets work, he is very good. They are 9.5-point home favorites. That is recipe for success against this Bears team. So 6.1K for Tony Pollard. Those two, to me, feel really strong right in that mid-range. Tony Pollard is the free square this week. You know, usually you get an injury free square, yep. and he is this week's free square if Zeke misses. Now, you say it's trending that he's going to miss. I, I think he plays. I really do. do. Right. But I, I do. I, I still think you could play Tony Pollard at 6.1. Even if Zeke is active, that would be more of like a uh, probably a GPP pivot play because if Zeke's active, I don't think people are going to pay 6.1 for Pollard. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, other options here. 
I want to talk about the guy across from Ken Walker. Saquon is 8.1. He's been dominant the whole year. He's obviously one of the best running backs out there. I find that I really want him because the Seattle run defense is just so bad. Saquon has been everything, and I think he's worth the price at 8.1, but I love Ken Walker at 6.5, and this has been one of my biggest struggles this week, is I don't like having running back against running back in the same game where it doesn't usually work out game script-wise for both running backs to, to be good against one another. So if you had to pick between Saquon and Ken Walker, which way would you go there? I mean, in a vacuum, you obviously lean Saquon, but given the price discount, I think I lean Ken Walker for cash games, especially because if you are spending up for Jalen Hurts, you do have to sacrifice a little bit somewhere else. There's a lot of strong mid-range wide receivers that I love this week, so I think I lean Ken Walker, but honestly, in cash, I think those two would be fine together mostly because Saquon is so involved in the passing game that if things get out of hand, like he will be involved for sure. Um, we just saw Austin Eckler with his receiving game last week against Seattle. They just give it up to pass catch running back. So I think it's okay if you have a super strong take on those two, but I'm with you. Most times I want to limit it to one running back. And, in the game. And, yeah. And two other running backs around that 6,000 uh, price point that I think are great plays. Damian Pierce is 6.3 K since he basically got the role of the starter. He is averaging 20 DraftKings points per game. It's like 20.3 or something, and he's still priced at 6.3. The matchup doesn't really matter for a player when you're getting everything. You, He is the entirety of the offense, the entirety of the running game. He's still getting involved in the passing game, so I think he's a value. And probably the best actual value on the slate, we're saving him for last to me, is Raheem Mostert. Mostert is 5.9, sub 6K, going against the Detroit Lions in a great high over-under as heavy favorites. He's involved in the passing game, which hasn't been Mostert's career, but there's just nothing not to love about Raheem Mostert. So you can, with those values at running back, it's hard because um, there's some, I mean, Christian McCaffrey looked so good in the first week with the Niners, Derek Henry, the Yeti against the you know the 32nd ranked running defensive team like there are some really great top end options that maybe you have to have at the end of the week but it's really hard to choose them over someone so much cheaper where Raheem Mostert, Ken Walker, Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce, these guys are going to score a ton of fantasy points. Yeah, and I think, you know, like I want to get exposure to those guys some form in DFS this week because, like you said, their ceiling is so massive. Derrick Henry against the Texans. Are you kidding me? Uh, he's going to be incredible. So, yeah, I think the consensus build is going to be like balanced mid-range wide receivers and running backs. So in a GPP, if you want to get contrarian and kind of just flip how you're building your lineup, spend up for CMC, spend up for Henry, Jonathan Taylor, those sort of guys that have massive ceilings. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, okay, let's talk wide receivers. Uh, there's a lot of good, uh, I, I think, kind of valuable middle pieces and, and really high-end pieces. I have struggled this week to find wide receivers I love that are very, very cheap. Uh, you know, the the sub-4K guys, usually there's someone where uh, an injury or something happens where you go, I think it's reasonable that he gets eight or nine targets in this game. I haven't been able to find them that well, but let's start at the top. Let's start with Tyreek, uh, 8.5. We've talked up to it. We've talked up that Detroit Lions game. Is he worth that value? I think if you're, playing, if you're spending down for, for Ellinger, then yes, Tyreek Hill, my goodness, against this Detroit Lions secondary. 
uh, dead last in yards per play allowed. They play a ton of man coverage. Tyreek Hill this season, over four yards per route run against man coverage is obscene, leading the league in receptions, in yards. He's on pace for like 2,000 this year. So, I mean, he, to me, has the highest ceiling of any player on this slate, including the quarterbacks. I, I believe that. So I love him, whether it's in cash or in a tournament, if we talk about game stacking, you know, that's really what I would love to, to let people know. Like Tyreek, to me, is the dude. Um, it's just a matter of how you want to build. Like we said, the only question I have though, is like, if you're playing Mostert, would you feel comfortable playing both Mostert and Tyreek in the same lineup? Yeah. I mean, in a, in a cash lineup, I'm going to try to play it safe. If I'm in a tournament, I don't, I don't mind taking, you know, you want to take four players from the same team, be a little bit contrarian and just say this, this game is going to hit, you know, 70, 80 points in total, uh, NFL scoring. I, I don't mind that, but the reality is if if you put Tyreek Hill in, if you put Mostert in, you're probably going to be fine. There are very few situations where I like to have a wide receiver and a running back from the same team, but if the situation arises, then look, if they're both good values, they're both good values in the end. Um, on the other side of the field, my favorite play this week, which I have not been able to get in my lineup. I just, every time I build a lineup, every single time, I've got some like non-negotiables right now, and I can't seem to afford... Amon Ra on the ways I'm building it, but I want him so bad. He is, I feel like, sorely mispriced. Sub 7,000. Amon Ra has been bad for a month. But if you look on a game by game basis, it's like, well, he got not concussed, but knocked out of the game after <laughs> one catch. Uh, he was injured in another one. He came back before the bye and was like only in for like 30% of the snaps. He's, he wasn't really a usable player. But based on what his old injury was and his current whatever, I don't understand this new concussion protocol system, non-concussion <laughs> is, he should be fully healthy, like fully healthy. And if you look at the Dolphins secondary, I mean, they're gone. They they lost their safety to an ACL. They just put two uh, corners on IR. Their slot they, corner. Yeah. Uh, Byron Jones, not back yet. The, right. I, I mean... I have Jared Goff as a start of the week for, you know, the fantasy footballers normal podcast. The, Amon Ra should be a monster. The, he, to me, is like the key of this game. Because if he's, for some reason, not active, I almost feel like this game could be a trap. But if he's active, they're at home. The, the Detroit Lions, I, I think he is uh, someone you should really try to squeeze in your lineup. Oh, I absolutely love him this week. Yeah, we talked about it uh, last week and obviously it didn't work out because of the concussion that wasn't a concussion situation. Um, but we were trying to jam him into our lineups, doing anything we could at like 7.7, .7, you know, three, four weeks ago before the injury. And now we're getting a massive discount. So, yeah, I'm with you. I love him. Um, I've yeah, got to rebuild my lineup. Yeah, I he, have to rebuild. I, he feels like the dude this week in. that could just be a true difference maker. And yeah, in cash or tournaments, I'm going to place him on off for sure. Now, part of the reason I haven't been able to get him in is because there is one player who is truly locked in. There is no situation where he is not in my lineup because at 6K, Olave is unstoppable. The matchup is great. He's going to have the targets, the yards, the receptions, and if he gets in the end zone, it's just, I mean, you don't even need it. You don't need a touchdown from Olave to, to pay off on this price, and I think he's got a good chance getting a touchdown, so I will not have a lineup without uh, Chris Olave in it. Yeah, we talked about him on Tuesday, too. It just That shows all about what stands out to us when we first look at the slate. And Kyle and I were like, dude, did you see Chris Olave's price this week? <laughs> 6K, 31 and a half, 
percent targets per route run over his last five games i mean he looks like an alpha wide receiver one as a rookie uh michael thomas still not practicing jarvis landry still not practicing uh the matchup is beautiful i'm with you to me he is locked in i am not i'm not not playing chris Olave. yeah now obviously we talked about a lot of people that are all at the 6k or above range we can't have all of them so we need pivot options when we're building our lineup uh i see you've got wandale down at 4.7 he's in my cash lineup i really like him uh tell me why yeah, I mean, you just look at kind of what he's done from a playing time basis. Obviously, he started out limited and then basically skyrocketed in snap rate, routes run. And his targets per route run is really what I'm chasing. He played a limited role two weeks ago and earned a ton of targets, scored the touchdown. And that's still growing and growing and growing. You know, Kadarius Tony was never really on the team, but he's gone now. Kenny Galladay is not a thing. Um, Daniel Bellinger is out with that eye issue. So like in the wide receiver pass catching group, it's him and no one else, and his price hasn't reflected that. So, yeah, 4.7. Um, he is, I think, an awesome value play this week. All right, and then two other more punt plays at wide receiver. I don't love these guys, but I love their price. Robbie Anderson, now that he's being worked into the Arizona Cardinals offense, he should play fully ahead of A.J. Green on the outside. The matchup against the Vikings looks like one that we saw last year was 34-33. to A lot of points scored. Uh, I believe last year, Rondale had 117 yards. Someone from the Cardinals, not DeAndre Hopkins, is going to have a good game. And Robbie Anderson is 4K. So that is a, a a real, real valuable punt play. He doesn't have to do too much to pay off there. And then even cheaper, the rock bottom basement price. And you're the injury man, so tell me if this is stupid. But can we play Van Jefferson coming back? He's 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 going to be active. But we haven't seen him off the injury, which is why he is 3K. Can he do enough uh, off that injury to justify putting him in as the punt play? I mean, in a tournament, take your shot. I don't think he can go there and cash. We just don't know what his playing time is going to be. We don't even know if he's going to play, truthfully. But we don't know what his playing time is going to be. San Francisco secondary is awesome. They play a ton of zone. That is Cooper Cup territory. So I could see another situation where it's Allen Robinson, you know, two for 29 or whatever and van jefferson's out there just running around getting his cardio in which is great for his knee but yeah to me and, I, I i can't go there i don't think in cash but yeah in a tournament you know shoot your shot sure and cooper cup 9300 on fan duel if you're wanting to find that zone destroyer um i see that listed here what about tight end tight end is uh look i'm, I'm gonna kick it off here i like big Irv. he's 3500 that's usually more than i like paying for a tight end I just want to punt the position almost always when I build a cash lineup. I look for a, the cheapest defense I can find and the cheapest tight end I can find and get me the other players that I can be more confident in. But at 3.5 against Arizona, Arizona pretty much has given up far more than the average that the tight end they face plays every single week other than once. So outside of one game, whatever the average of that tight end, whoever they play, whether they're really good or really bad, they score more than their average. So I think Big Irv is in play this week. Yeah, for sure. And Minnesota's got a decent team total. When you're punting, you're looking for a handful of catches and, and a chance at a touchdown. And we think Kirk Cousins at home plays better, not in prime time. Big Irv, you know what you're going to get. You know, he's kind of getting you like four to eight targets somewhere in that zone. But he has price, the matchup. It is beautiful. I will be playing Big Irv this week for sure. I also have on the dock, John Johnson's been good and okay yeah, he you know, played he played arizona last week exactly uh, <laughs> case in point exactly so he's three uh 3.2 against las vegas obviously we need adam Trabman out for that to be a play and then also throughout if you want to go even cheaper noah fan at 2.8 
Um, it's no offense. So what are you going to get? But at 2.8, it doesn't really matter because you can do so much else with you know the rest of your lineup. The only reason he's on my list is just if DK Metcalf is out. If DK Metcalf is in, do not play. No offense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, defenses. Uh, my my punt play of the week for sure is the Manders. Uh, the the Washington Manders, uh, as we call them, the Commanders. Uh, they are, I I believe, two point six. Yep. Let me verify that. Yeah, two point six. They're playing against Sam Ellinger, so uh, I like the I like the matchup. The Indianapolis Colts haven't done much, and I'm just looking for someone. Uh, that is as cheap as possible against a quarterback that could be very bad. Yeah, I, has yet to attempt a career NFL pass in regular season game. So definitely in on the Manders. If you want to go up a little bit, I also don't mind the Patriots. I mean, I also love betting on Bill Belichick after looking terrible in his defense the week before. Comes in, gets Zach Wilson. They lost Elijah Vera Tucker, no Brees Hall. So Zach Wilson under pressure has been atrocious this year give me the patriots if you're looking to get different they could go under the radar and cash because everyone's gonna play the manders at 3k they are in play as well all right we're gonna get into some games we love but first we're gonna take a quick break ski the nba playoffs are here and we all know playoff mode is a thing listen to the evidence Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. All right, we are going to look ahead to a couple of games that we are trying to target when we are looking to build our stacks. Let's get into it. Stack attack. The Miami Dolphins at 4 and 3 go to Detroit in the dome. They this is a matchup we've obviously been talking about all week, all episode. So let's get into some specifics. How are you attacking this game, Bets? Yeah, the first thing that sticks out to me, you know, is just what does Detroit want to do? They want to run the football if they can. If the game is close, they are going to try to establish it. So in a tournament, when we, we just play for ceiling, we don't really care about the floor, we play for ceiling. You need to be thinking mindfully about what happens if the game stays close. If the game stays close, the Dolphins probably don't get there. The Lions guys probably don't get there. But if Miami has success, which if you've heard our cash picks, you think we both think they're going to have a lot of success, then to me, this game looks awesome for tournaments, especially when you consider you get DeAndre Swift back in the lineup, when you get Amon Ra back in the lineup. Those guys are the key. If they're out, then I'm with you. This is a trap. But yeah, I think we talked about, you know, Detroit's just so bad on defense. And in home, at home games, the total has been like 76 points in those games. They get nutty. So I think you play for ceiling here. I think you target the pass catchers on Detroit's side because really that's what we want them to do is throw the football. So yeah, I like it. The tricky thing that I have, am struggling with is just all these guys on the Dolphins side are cash plays. So they're probably going to be very popular in a tournament. It's not that you can't go there. It's just you got to be mindful of that if you're trying to look, you know, get different in your lineup and, and everyone's going to play this game. Sure. Would you try to get different with Mike Gesicki uh, at tight end? Is a good matchup against the Dolphins. You're paying up a little bit more at at three point eight, or uh, sorry, against the Lions. Um, 
is is that someone you try to like bring back if you're playing the Amon Ra or the DeAndre Swift on the other side? Yeah, he's I think a sneaky play, especially as part of two stacks. Like if I'm punting in a tournament, which on this slate, you know, we don't have Kelsey, you know, Mark Andrews, it's it's gross. If I'm punting at tight end in a tournament, I want to just correlate it with my quarterback usually. So like if I'm playing a two stack to a double, maybe it's Tua and Tyreek and Gasicki or Waddle and Gasicki. That sounds really interesting. Uh, especially because we know Tyreek's going to be very, very popular this week. Those guys, the secondary pass catchers, Waddle and Gasicki, is how you get different in this game. Yeah, I was going to say Tua, Waddle, Gasicki, and Amon Ra. Obviously, it's going to cost you a little bit of cash, but it, that's they're all doable to put together because you're not paying up for Tyreek and Amon Ra is, is underpriced. That's kind of how I would, if I'm in a tournament, that's what I would be looking at. All right, let's look at the Arizona Cardinals going to the Minnesota Vikings. Talked about it last year. This uh, game was played in Minnesota, 34 to 33, a lot of points scored. Now, the NFL has been kind to us this year. They have done this thing with this extra 17th game where they are scheduling kind of, it seems like, rematches at the same location of last year that had big barn-burning totals. And usually so far this year, when we saw a monster game last year that was out of division, it's... It's been a it's one. It's just repeated what happened last year and it's been a barn burner. So the Arizona Cardinals in the dome in Minnesota, who are you trying to grab and attack in this game? Yeah, I love this game. If you if you want to call your shot and say the Miami game fails, which it it could. I mean, games fail every week. This seems like that secondary game that might go a little under the radar. I absolutely love it for tournaments because when you talk about what they did last year, game went absolutely bananas. The Vikings have very quietly been awesome on offense. I didn't really realize it until I was prepping for the show. 24 plus points in every game in the last month. Their pass rate is extremely high, very aggressive. And this game features a matchup between two offenses that lead the league in no huddle rate. So we can see a lot of pace, a lot of plays. You love that for tournaments. So the first name I look at when we look at this matchup is DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Tyreek is going to be extremely popular. He's kind of going to get overlooked, I think, in that you know mid-7K range. Minnesota secondary, 31st in PFF coverage grade, 31st in DVOA to wide receiver ones. And very quietly, Minnesota has been elite against the run, number one in DVOA over the last three games. So the way you beat Minnesota is through the year. I want to chase 14 targets from the week before. My question with DeAndre Hopkins, and it might not matter, honestly, is... Last week, we saw Robbie not really play because he was kind of just traded or whatever. And we saw Hopkins in the slot, which was incredible from Cliff. I, I don't know. What, I don't want to give Cliff too much credit, but that was incredible no, no, to no, see. No, please don't do that. Please Does don't do Rondale... that. Redact that. Producers, redact that. <laughs> Cut that out. Does Rondale go back into the slot and make Hopkins the old role that we saw where he just stood on the left side of the field and ran routes? Yeah, I think he oh. does. Um, obviously get him involved as much as you can move him around the formation, which is something that, uh, I think people have been begging cliff to do forever with Robbie there though. The way that I'm anticipating the majority of snaps is kind of Robbie on the outside. Uh, at least when you're in 11 personnel, Robbie on the outside on the right Hopkins on the left and Rondale in the slot. Now, last year I talked about this Rondale had his second most targets, second most receptions, most receiving yards, and a touchdown. Granted, most of that came on a 77-yard bomb touchdown uh, against Minnesota. He is 5,100. I don't think a lot of people are really wanting to play Rondale more uh, as of late. He just hasn't done enough. 
So he's a player that I think you can you can sneak in your lineups. He's not very expensive. Him or Robbie, like these are good tournament plays. I feel like there will be one bomb touchdown in this game. That's not going to be DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be the possession, the 20, 30 yard, uh, you know, plays. But if there's a 50 plus yard touchdown in this game, it's going to be Robbie or Rondale. They are 4K and 5100. You can you can have some other really good players in your lineup if if you're attacking this matchup. Yeah. I think those two are awesome calls. Minnesota, we talked about how bad their secondary is. They're not just bad in general, but when you look at explosive pass rate allowed, they're bottom three in the league, meaning they're giving up big plays. I could see them giving Robbie two, three shots at a deep bomb, and obviously in tournaments, that's what we're chasing. So I think he is a really sneaky play as part of this game stack. Yeah, now at running back, we don't know the health of James Conner. I think he plays. He was a game-time decision last week on a Thursday, so I'd imagine he gets in, uh, but he'll probably split the work with Eno Benjamin, so I'm not really excited about either of those guys putting them in. They're both in that uh, 6K range. I just prefer other options. Uh, but yeah, if you want to play Irv Smith for 3500 on one side, bring back uh, Rondale or Robbie, maybe... Uh, would you play Kirk or would you play Kyler? Kirk right now is 6,100, Kyler 7,500 if you're looking at a tournament play. Yeah, I think I'm going to play both, honestly, in different lineups. You know, the, you the can't like, play the both of them. <laughs> starting a new format, it's called Superflex. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the slate context matters a lot. On a normal slate, I don't love playing Kirk Cousins because he has to compete with Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you name it. And now it's like if those guys fail at the top it's basically kyler and you know jalen hurts like if they fail these mid-range guys to uh kirk cousins those names they can win the slate as the, the top performing quarterback so i'll have exposure to both you know kirk is a guy that it sounds silly we talk about it every year but like at home he truly does play better it's not a primetime game the matchup is good um and his weapons justin jefferson adam thielen are not going to be played this week because of the other value on the slate so this is a great way, you know, 6,100 for Kirk. Justin Jefferson is expensive, but 6,200 for Thielen is not that bad. So if you wanted to play Kirk and two of his guys, including Irv Smith, um, that makes a lot of sense in a tournament. Yeah, Kirk last year, 244 yards, three touchdowns in this matchup against Arizona. All right, anything else from this game you want to cover or you want to get to the Raiders? Let's move on to the Raiders and the Saints. All right, so the Raiders going to New Orleans. Uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook line is the Raiders minus one. It's almost a pick em here. And uh, the over-under is very nice, 49.5. We like to be around that 50-point number. The New Orleans Saints defense, this is the defense that I have wanted them to be for a long time, which is not dominant, not completely shutting down the run. And Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, this is a big difference because uh, early on in the season, he was looking great. He was shutting down the number ones. But now without the number one, I mean, the this this game should should hit the over. Uh, that's how I see it. And when you've got Devontae Adams on one side of the field and no Marshawn Lattimore, the matchup is just too good. I think Devontae Adams is a name we probably should have even talked about in cash, 8,600. How does he have fewer than 10 receptions? Unless Josh Jacobs just rips off huge play after huge play like we did last week, that's the only way he doesn't, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think with Tyreek projecting to be mega chalk, everyone wanted to play those 6K wide receivers and running backs. 
you're not going to see this kind of like stars and scrubs build, I don't think. And that means I think Devontae Adams on DraftKings, on FanDuel, he's insanely cheap, on DraftKings is going to fall through the cracks a little bit this week. He talked about it with Marshawn Lattimore. If he is out, this is a blow-up spot. You know, New Orleans allowing the second highest yards per route run to perimeter wide receivers. They have been god-awful against that position. So Devontae Adams looks like a potential GPP winner this week. So Andy Dalton as well. Andy Dalton has been... Um... Uh, he is he's one of those players I built a couple of lineups uh, even in cash just trying him out he's he's 5500 right now had a great game last week I'm a little confused here because last week I don't think he throws four touchdowns and what it was like 400,000 yards um, if he didn't throw back-to-back pick sixes right that like caused him to have a good fantasy it's the old ironically the the Jameis Winston script <laughs> where it's like that. <laughs> I mean he I love like genuinely no joke when I have a fantasy player and I at quarterback and I see them throw a pick I am just screaming at that tv run it back please run it back please be a pick six because court like we need to do a study on quarterbacks that throw pick sixes how good are their games because they it just it puts the ball right back in their hands and makes it the game script you want. Um, two of them, I think, got last week maybe a little out of control. 361 yards, four passing touchdowns for Andy Dalton last week. However, however, this matchup against the Raiders is as good as it gets. There isn't a better one. Last week, Mike was telling people to start Davis Mills, who has been putrid, has shown nothing, solely because of the matchup against the Raiders. Davis Mills was fine for fantasy, uh, had himself a good game. So I think Andy Dalton is in play. Uh, we already talked about how much I love uh, Chris Olave. But if Andy Dalton has a good game against the Raiders, the Raiders are going to have a good game against the Saints. This this is what it's all about. Who are yeah. you? Uh, who are you looking at as cheaper options in this game? Yeah, this one's interesting because, you know, the, the two best plays are so obvious, right? It's it's Crystal Abe, it's Devonta Adams. But I was doing some early runs for a roster percentage report, and Josh Jacobs at 7,500 is still going to be decently popular. So, like, people are on this scheme. So, I don't think you're, you're sneaking it by anyone getting cute by playing Josh Jacobs with Crystal Abe or anything like that. That is going to be very popular this week. So, if you do want to get different, you got to play an ancillary pass catcher somewhere. we got to figure out what's going on with Darren Waller. We're not sure if he's going to play. Matchup is brutal this week. New Orleans has been great against tight ends. But if you wanted to kind of correlate this game and if he's not available and punt it off with Foster Moreau, that makes sense. I just, I'm not that interested in Hunter Renfro or Mac Hollins. Like, if those guys beat so, me in a tournament, they beat me in a tournament. Okay, so I wanted to bring up Hunter Renfro. And and maybe as a tournament play, he's you know do, he doesn't project to be you know the real touchdown guy here. Um, I, I doubt he's going to be going out there and dropping 30 fantasy points. But in a cash game lineup, uh, I built my, my first cash game lineup, and I liked his value here at 4,900. Renfro's a great player. Um, oh, he's good. He's hashtag and, good at the game. Yeah, he's hashtag good at the game. If you've got Waller missing, obviously since he came back from the concussion, he hasn't been really that involved 55% of snaps 57% of snaps the last two times we saw Hunter Renfro but he started the year you know 70% of snaps 10 targets seven receptions and he's good this is a sub 5,000 uh, you know player that is in a matchup we want that could easily end up with you know eight nine ten receptions in a full PPR on DraftKings I, I think he's being overlooked like you know, I am guessing, and I haven't looked at the roster percentages, 
But I'm guessing people aren't wanting to play Hunter Renfro right now, which is usually <laughs> where I want to go. You know, zig when people are zagging. So I, I, you know, I get the fact that it's like, oh, he's not really the tournament style. But I could just, I could see him very much outproducing this his cost in this game. Yeah, and you are correct in that assumption. He is currently projected for three point seven percent in our percentage report. So no one's playing him. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm crazy. Or maybe I'm crazy like a fox, dude. You got to be uh, crazy to win a tournament. Yeah, you you really do. Uh, otherwise, you'll you, if you play chalk and win, you're just gonna split it seven hundred ways. Um, all right. Anybody else in this game? Uh, yes, for sure there is. There's Alvin Kamara. Yeah. There's Alvin Kamara. He is another to me a tournament perfect player. He hasn't scored any touchdowns this year. He's seventy one hundred. But there's nothing like his metrics everywhere else behind the scene are fantastic. He's he looks great on film. He's involved in everything. I think Mark uh uh Ingram had four carries last week. The touchdown he's not finishing the season with zero touchdowns. The last three weeks he's been a top twenty back. Two of the last three weeks he's been a top ten fantasy back. And that again is with zero touchdowns. So he's to me a guy that you know, I, I imagine his roster percentage is not gonna be that great because you're either paying up for the you know the Derrick Henry's uh, of the world or you're taking all these 6000 uh cost running backs and saving money over Alvin Kamara so he feels like another uh zig when people are zagging type of player yeah i currently have him right now for 18 but that is not with the correct run of Tony Pollard if we if Zeke doesn't play like Tony Pollard's going to skyrocket to 30% in in tournaments and 75 percent in cash or something and then yeah those guys will get overlooked so i love kamara it's kind of funny you say the touchdown thing like every week because of his usage has just been so good i keep betting him to score two plus touchdowns which you know you get like <laughs> plus 700 odds it is coming eventually and i want to be ahead of when it happens not wait for it to happen so i'm with you kamara especially as like leverage off of Alave, who's gonna be popular in a tournament makes so much sense yeah last week 73 percent of the running back attempts 75 percent of the running back targets and he looks great. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna make a little note here. I'm betting Camara <laughs> two touchdowns. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep betting that with you because you know that the multi touchdown game uh, will come at some point. Anybody else here? Are you looking Mac Holland's way? Are you looking? I mean, you brought up Jawan Johnson, Foster Moreau, punt tight end if Darren Waller doesn't play. Yeah, he's fine. You know, he's kind of one of those guys too. Like you know what you're getting. You're not really gonna separate from the field with him. But if you are playing a Derek Carr stack, he's fine to mix in. But yeah, that's about it. Okay. Okay. Well, speaking of this, uh, this prop bet that you're, uh, you know, talking about two touchdowns. Let's talk some props. Prop it like it's hot. Obviously, it's a guarantee. Alvin Kamara gets two touchdowns. So that's 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 one prop. I mean, you know, those are the gimmies, right? Those right, plus seven hundreds. Yeah, those are just like, obviously, you're going to bet that. Uh, but let's talk about some that may be harder to find, harder to uh, come through. I will start, I will kick us off here with George Pickens, rookie sensation over 35 and a half yards is currently what he needs to beat. Uh, Pickens with Pickett has been awesome. Uh, if you look at the last four games, uh, you know, you had the, you had uh, Pickett come in. And all of a sudden, Pickens skyrockets up to 102 yards. The next week as a starter, 
83 yards. Then the next week when he goes out and Trubisky comes in, he's down to 27 yards, and that was the Chase Claypool game. He comes back as a starter last week, and wouldn't you know it, 61 yards. I feel like he is too good and too involved. Now, I get the fact that this is a tough matchup. The Eagles' defense is great, uh, but the Eagles' offense is great. So I think they're going to have to pass. I think they're going to have to keep up. And this this line just feels dumb to me. Yeah, and he's cleared this in, let's see, one, two, three, four of his last five. And that was one game with uh, Trubisky in there. And he's done it in some really tough matchups. Like the Jets secondary, it's not the Jets of last year. Like the Jets secondary is good. He cleared it. Buffalo cleared it. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. They're just going to be throwing, I think, all second half. All right, talk about your uh, favorite a prop this week because i i already saw this and i i took it and i bet this uh right alongside you yeah doesn't it feel kind of scary when everyone's on the same page with the prop because you're like it, wait what do they know that i don't but mm -hmm. aaron Rodgers has not had more than 246 and a half passing yards more than twice this year and going on the road against buffalo in prime time is not a spot i want to bet on that happening especially considering you know randall cobb is randall cobb but he's still aaron Rodgers' dude Alan Lazard is questionable. If he sits, this is even worse for Aaron Rodgers. Buffalo, number one in total defense, DVOA. They are dominant. And now he has, you know, less than 100% skilled playmakers. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. And it feels like a trap, but under 246.5 to me feels really good. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm going to bet on the Bills defense. That's what this is. This is like the vibes are bad in Green Bay. He doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. He's whining and complaining. And it feels weird to bet against Aaron Rodgers because he usually will win that bet. Uh, but this isn't a bet just against Aaron Rodgers. This is a bet that the Bills are just too legit to quit right now. Um, so I agree with you. I want to talk about Miles Sanders real quick because I know we've talked a little bit. There, I have this. Uh, I have this spreadsheet doc that I have made behind the scenes that helps me find some props. It takes a look at players' history. It takes a look at uh, matchups. It takes a look at the line and kind of projects where lines are a little bit off. I have not brought this to the forefront yet because I don't always love what it shows. Now, two-thirds of my <laughs> bets here are, are, from that, are from that doc. Uh, they, they highlight some good things for me. But one of the things that highlighted was Miles Sanders over nine and a half receiving yards. His line is only nine and a half receiving yards. And it said that that's what I should bet. And so I went and I took a look. And then I was surprised to see he has gone over nine and a half receiving yards one time this year. Once. That's it. Miles Sanders just not really involved in the passing game. So I was like, I was talking about this with Mike, and he's like, well, why don't you bet the under? <laughs> so my doc that showed me I should bet the over, I was like, interesting. Maybe I should bet the under since he has just never done it this year. But it's such a, a low line to bet the nine and a half. So I'm not advising anyone on this line to bet the over or bet the under. I'm just laying out some facts. But I am curious if you had to put a dollar on the over or the under in this line, nine and a half, Miles Sanders receiving yards, where would you go? Yeah, I think I lean under just based off what he's done or, or hasn't done, really. And, you know, rushing quarterbacks take away passing volume to the running back position. Jalen Hurts is going to run the football. They are massive favorites. Probably not going to be trailing, like, to throw, you know. So I think the under is, is very much in play. Yeah, I might have to get in on that. All right, the one, the last one that I'm going to bring up here that uh, I, I do like, I did bet, uh, is Marcus Mariota under one. It's so such a low number, <laughs> under 162 and a half receiving 
uh, yards or, or uh, passing yards. Um, that is such a low number. Uh, under 165. Let me read you what he's done recently. 124, 129, 147, 139. There's been a month where he hasn't gotten close to that number, and now here's a game against Carolina where I feel like the this is not going to be a high-scoring game. This is not going to be a game where you're just airing it out on both sides of the field and uh, you know got, playing catch-up. Not that he, not that Arthur would ever let his team try to catch up if they're down, anyways. Not in a million but it's years. Just, it's just one of those things where I mean, his passing attempts over the last month are a joke, an absolute travesty that is ruining our Drake London, ruining our Kyle Pitts, these great players. So I love. If if I've got to be sad at this stupid Falcons offense, I want to make money off of it at least, right? Sign me up. Yeah, last week his prop uh, for his attempts, I almost took it in our DFS pass, but I was like, I feel like at some point they're going to learn that they have to throw the football, right? And then you're stuck <laughs> holding the bag. It was like 23 and a half, and I was like, maybe he gets there, so I didn't take it. Yeah, they he's passed averaging... 13 times. They passed 13 times, and they trailed 21-0 to against Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the first half. That, yes, take the under. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, he's averaging 17.8 passing attempts over the last month. It is absolutely doggone putrid, and I don't like it. But you want to know what I do like, Bets? A mailbag? I like the people and the people's questions. Mailbag. All right, we got some questions from the people from Brian Ford on Twitter. When you say, I want to do a 3RB build, what is that based on? Is it as simple as looking at the people and saying you identify very good points per dollar uh, value in the mid-range running backs as opposed to maybe the mid-range wide receivers? Why would we say, I want, like I'm trying to do a 3RB build this week? Yeah, so this is slate dependent. It changes every week depending on what, what we have available to us at running back and wide receiver and value. And we already talked about it this week. There are so many good running back plays. Again, it feels like a three running back slate. And I generally try to lean that way when the value is there in cash because we're chasing volume and touches. And we just know, you know, for running backs, that's more guaranteed week to week than for a wide receiver. So it depends on the, the slate, which, you know, we have available. But yeah, most weeks in cash, I am trying to go through running backs. And this slate, I definitely will be. All right, here's a question from Augie's Harris uh, through our uh, Patreon forums. Looks like uh, this was Discord. this was from Discord. So uh, what do you think about moving down in general at quarterback to play running backs like Henry and Saquon in cash? Is Hurts more important, or is ownership of these running backs more important? Also, who do we go at wide receiver that costs less money than George Pickens? Yes, this is – there's lots to unpack with this question, but – Speaking to the first part of it with the running backs, it's not wrong. Like If that's what you want to do in, in your preference, go for it. We talked about Sam Ellinger and the risks there. I think personally, the way to build on the slate for cash games is to go value in kind of mid-range at running back because they are so strong. It's not going to be the case most weeks, but in a tournament, like I said at the top, I think trying to spend up for two running backs is very contrarian this week, so I like that. But yeah, in cash, I think we, we've kind of already addressed it. And then for the punt guys, like cheaper than George Pickens, um, there's another question down below. Narwhal wants to know any value at wide receiver since we had a week of practice reports with injuries. We can kind of lump these together. Yeah. Like Nico Collins is probably not going to play with a groin issue. Tennessee gives up a ton of deep balls. 
Philip Dorsett is a dart throw at 3,200. Chris Moore at 3,400. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Juwan Jennings, Debo, maybe out against uh, the Rams? Uh, yeah, I mean, Juwan Jennings, he's he's shown flashes before, at least. Like, Chris Moore is out for me because he just sucks. Because he's Chris um, Moore. Yeah. <laughs> Philip Dorsett. <laughs> Philip Dorsett, we've seen uh, big games. You know, it, it's rare, but then it's like, oh, there's a Philip Dorsett bomb touchdown. So I'm, uh, it, and that. That plays well against uh, that defense, so that I, I would lean. I'm okay on those options, and obviously, I brought up earlier uh, the Robbie Anderson, the Van Jefferson. You know, in a in a tournament, you want to talk about a player who can grab a bomb touchdown. Van Jefferson's done it a bunch. If they bring him in for just a handful of plays, he doesn't have to have much. He just has to have one at the rock bottom basement price of three thousand. Um, okay, let's move on uh, to troubles from our Discord server. Which running backs are you fading uh, with value opening up below the Elite 7K options? And, and who are your favorite three options? Whoa, under 4,500. That is a low bar for favorite options here, Troubles. <laughs> I was going to say, there are there are none. <laughs> Can I answer it that way? Um, but the first part of this, you know, the running backs that we're on or fading, we talked about our favorite cash plays in that range. Um, other guys that I'm on that might go a little overlooked. Uh, I love DeAndre Swift as part of a bring back on the Miami stacks. Swift's best games come in the receiving game. And actually, uh, I wish I could give credit to where I saw this on Twitter, but they were putting out his splits when like uh, the Lions are favored by more than a field or underdog, excuse me, by more than a field goal. And Swift's Swift splits in those games are so massive because of the volume he sees in the receiving game. So I think he's contrarian that way. I like that. Um, Derek Henry, we talked about against Houston is a awesome spend up play guys. I'm fading. No, thank you yeah. on Robinson or the Cardinals. And same thing with like Daryl Henderson. He's cheap, but San Francisco is so good against the run. So those two guys, I am not even considering this week. Yeah. Guys, I'm fading David Montgomery. We saw an actual time share for the first time in his career and it's a bad matchup. And here's one that I think a lot of people still love. I mean, this is, this is a lot of people's heroes hero and I am I am a little cautious right now with Ramondre Stevenson I know he was one of your dudes coming in this year it looks like a huge win but the Jets aren't we still look at the Jets and we're like oh the Jets suck they're just a team you target they're not that bad their defense is very good um and the reality here is Damian Harris he could be back to being the starter he I'm not I'm not saying he will run ahead of him but you know, now another week back from the hamstring issue. I I think you could easily see it going back to the split where Ramondre Stevenson was not someone you could just smash into these DraftKings lineups whatsoever. So I'm a little bit worried there. Yeah, that makes sense. And it was kind of predictable that Harris would be limited a little bit in his first game back. I'm with you. I think he plays a lot more. So I don't have a ton of interest there uh, personally. All right, Betts, tell everybody about the listener league to play alongside of us. Oh, I mean the best listener league that exists in well, the DFS. Best. It, uh, well, oh, in, in DFS. DFS. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. This is number yeah. one. Go to ballersdfs.com. You can join our DraftKings listener league. It's awesome. We're in there all the time. The league is called Fantasy Footballers DFS Borg Plus Bets. This is where people get confused every week. They're in the league, but they're not in the contest. So if you're in the league, you got to click on the league, and it'll show you what contests are available to play in. DraftKings gives us a 600 person tournament each week. Let's fill that sucker. So get up in there, play with us. And as Kyle I, and I always say, come take our lunch money. I am clicking enter right now. Reserve. Ooh, big shimmy. Yeah, you're darn right because I'm winning this thing. All right, I'm in. Love it. With Robbie Anderson probably, right? 
Oh, I mean, he's locked. He's the auto lock. I'll put him and Van Jefferson. I'm going to have a lineup that has $5,000 left over. That's my goal. My goal is to just save as much money. I'm a penny pincher over here um, and talk about contrarian. How Knowing Kyle and his personality, does he just get like insane? Because he's a contrarian fella, like in life. Here's an inside story. Uh, from uh, the Borgogan, he will not ask for recommendations at a restaurant. He hates if a waiter or a waitress says, I really like this, because then he can't get it. <laughs> He's like, well, if that's what they're saying I should get, I can't do it. And it's like, that's so funny to me that like this, this personal recommendation, his contrarian nature is, and it's so, it's so wild too, because Kyle is the sweetest like kindest most empathetic awesome dude you wouldn't think he is so contrarian but he is by nature mr contrarian to the likes of which i don't know anyone else so i yeah i mean if there's someone out there that's ever going to go with five thousand dollars cash left over it's going to be the borg a hundred percent and he talked he talks about that on the show every week he's like i know this is popular i know it projects well but i'm not doing it i'm like kyle buddy just play it, okay? It's okay, it's okay yeah. man. Like, just play it. Well, that's, so, yeah, that, that, that's likely. That's one of those questions, like, you know, uh, I think you, you brought up earlier to me in, in Slack of just, like, the, the DFS slate busters. Like, who, who is, who's just going to break the slate where if you don't have them, you lose. You don't win. You don't have a chance. And, like, I wasn't sure if you were saying, oh, it's got to be cheap. Because to me, like, Derrick Henry, if Derrick oh, Henry yeah. goes out there and has 200 yards and four touchdowns, you're not winning without him. And if if that's like the chalk, then Kyle will never win when the chalk wins. True that. All right. Thank you so much for listening, for winning. Thank you, Bets, for allowing me to have a small piece of time here. We appreciate you guys. We will be back next week. Let's go win that money. Good luck this weekend. See you next week. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.